Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. All right, folks, how are you? Glad you're tuned into the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. A lot to get through over the next hour. It has been an interesting week for Cork City FC, to say the very least. Interim boss John Cotter joined me in studio earlier on today. And last night was for, for the club and the supporters who came out in savage numbers, to be fair. And the relief, absolutely, at the end. And mm-hmm. um, look, those emotions that were shown on the pitch were true reflections of the characters that we are to we also get the reactions of Neil Horgan and Joe Gamble to John Caulfield's departure. And we hear very, very briefly on the man tipped for the job, Colin O'Brien, and whether or not he is interested. Also on the show tonight, we're going to talk to Evie Fitzgerald as Cork prepared to face Galway tomorrow in the National League final. And we start our preview of Cork versus Tipperary. Getting the views of the tip uh, camp. We'll be hearing from Liam Sheedy and Jason Ford a little bit later on in the show. And we'll have a big Cork preview on it tomorrow evening show then as well. My name is Rory here with you until 7pm this evening. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. The latest JNLR results were out earlier in the week and the listenership for the Big Red Bench continues to go from strength to strength. I thank you all very much indeed from the bottom of my heart uh, for tuning in. It's not a nice way to start the show. All right, also, uh, we are going to crack on with the uh, roundup uh, th- this afternoon of all everything that has happened today. Uh, and we'll start uh, with the Premier League and uh, Bournemouth really beating Tottenham, nine man Tottenham, by a goal to nil uh, in the early kickoff uh, today, including a debut for 19 year old uh, Irish goalkeeper Mark Travers keeping a clean sheet on his debut Mike Lawrence Bournemouth 1 Tottenham Hotspur 0 Tottenham's hopes of securing a Champions League spot for next season undone for today at least by two moments of madness either side of half time straight red cards shown to Sung Young Min and then half time substitute Juan Forth Bournemouth piled on the pressure but it wasn't until injury time that the deadlock was finally broken Nathan Ake heading home Fraser's corner Bournemouth 1 Tottenham Hotspur 0 Samar Travers uh, being handed a senior debut at 19 years of age the Irishman says there wasn't really any time for nerves just found out yesterday morning uh, the gaffer pulled me in so surprisingly there wasn't too many uh, surprised myself um, but no I felt comfortable out there and enjoyed every minute and he pull off some cracking saves as well. West Ham beat Southampton today by three goals to nil. Guy Swindles. West Ham three, Southampton nil. So the Hammers Holmes games finish on a high. At times it didn't look as if that might happen. Southampton started both halves very well indeed. But in both halves, West Ham came into the game and then grabbed the goals that mattered. In the first half, Noble threading through for Arnautovic to finish. Arnautovic made it two with his second nodding home from close range after good work by Masuaku. And then a lovely goal, the best of the lot. Fredericks and Wilshire combining before Fredericks smashed the ball home. Southampton a little bit unlucky, but it's West Ham 3, Southampton 0. Elsewhere today, uh, Wolves beating Fulham by a goal to nil. Shane Pennington. It's Wolves 1, Fulham 0, and Nuno Espirito Santo's men all but guarantee themselves seven spots in the Premier League. One goal was enough to win the game for them. That came in the 76th minute. Doherty with a cross from the right-hand side, and Leandro Dandonka fired home from 12 yards out. Wolves have previously missed a whole host of opportunities. Jota had hit the bar with a stinging effort from the edge of the box, and Doherty had forced a really good save from Rico with a close range header. It wasn't Fulham's day, they offered very little. It's finished Wolves 1, Fulham 0. 
It's uh, currently one all between Cardiff City and Crystal Palace. Thirty-four minutes on the clock. Wilfried Zaha opening uh, the scoring for Crystal Palace and on goal for Martin Kelly. Restoring parity between the sides. The big game though tonight: Newcastle and Liverpool. A massive, massive game uh, for the Reds. Who know they have to win. They cannot slip up against uh, the Magpies tonight if they have any chance of winning the Premier League title. Seven forty-five. The kickoff time for that one. Reds boss Jurgen Klopp. We are ambitious like hell. We want to, but we still know it's on 100% our hands. But the only thing we can do is to beat Newcastle, and that's unbelievable difficult. <laughs> that is our problem. Not what other teams are doing on Monday night or whatever. That's not our problem. Yeah, City not in action until uh, Monday night as uh, they host Leicester City at 8pm. But a big, big night ahead uh, for uh, Newcastle and Liverpool in that game. Should be a, a cracker this evening. Uh, certainly full of drama and uh, intensity anyway and uh, a lot of suspense and intrigue. And uh, I imagine a lot of Liverpool fans going to be uh, watching that one uh, while biting their nails, to be perfectly honest about it. All right, elsewhere, uh, Celtic Crown champions of Scotland for the eighth season. Rolling the boys beat Aberdeen 3-0 at Pataudry today. Neil Lennon had some kind words uh, for former Hoops boss and Brendan Rogers after the game. You know, we needed the, the opening goal because Aberdeen had some good chances and we had to rely on Scott. And then, second half, we were outstanding. And the mentality of the team, and I have to pay tribute to Brendan. I think I've got to pay a huge amount of credit to him as well for this title success because of the foundations that he's, he's built here. And um, I was lucky enough to, to carry it on. So, um, you know, it's a great moment for me personally and, and my family. One game in the SSE Electricity League Premier Division this evening. Leader Shamrock Rovers are going to Sligo Rovers at the showgrounds. That's at 7.45. Locally in the Munster Senior League, UCC beating Middleton 6-1. That result sees UCC return to the top of the table with two games to go. Local Gaelic Games, the Intermediate Hurling Championship tracked and playing Kildare. That is in uh, Bellarney today. And uh, the latest score from uh, there is... We'll get you that in a little bit. And elsewhere today... Uh, uh, it's part of a double header actually between Granada and the Pierce Shig Ahabullock playing Balanhasig in ovens that one just underway at 7.30 in the same venue uh, Dripsy meeting Ballygarvan and in the Intermediate Football Championship Knocknagree facing Yall in Balancholic that one is at 7pm elsewhere in ladies football a great great win today for the Cork uh, under 16s who've uh, beaten Kerry in the Munster final in uh, Castletown Roach uh, this afternoon uh, 5.11 to 4.12 was how that finished congratulations indeed to the Rebels a cracking win uh, against the Kingdom uh, this uh, afternoon. Uh, sad news for uh, Coris Daunton, the former Mayo footballer, suffered a double leg break today playing uh, for AFL side, the Greater Western Sydney Giants in the Premier Division. The four-time All-Iron winner will undergo surgery in the coming days. Munster booked their place in the Pro 14 semi-final. A hard-fought uh, win, an unconvincing win, some people might say, over Benetton at Toman Park, 15-13 was the final score JJ Hanrahan stepping up with a monster penalty from the halfway line uh, incredible stuff that was the difference that was about three minutes uh, before the end of the game incredible kick from JJ Hanrahan incredible composure and uh, fantastic uh, wait for uh, Hanrahan to uh, step up kicked it right right down the middle and uh, Munster may be getting away with that one just uh, a little bit in the other uh, quarter final today Ulster playing Connacht it's uh, Ulster leading by 8 points that's Rory Best's game uh, last game at Kingspan Stadium of course he's retiring after the World Cup uh, today in the Ulster Bank League playoff UCC beating uh, Old Wesley 41-19 today that means UCC remain in Division 1A in snooker and it's gone to a deciding frame between David Gilbert and John Higgins in the final session of the semi-final 16 apiece 
you could uh, hear a pin drop at the Crucible Theatre at the moment, such as uh, the uh, level of suspense. Should Trump resumes 14 10 up and Gary Wilson from half past seven. That's you up to date with pretty much everything that happened today. We are going to kick off the show uh, with our interview with uh, John Collar. The, um, it's been an interesting week for Cork City, uh, drawing a Finn Harps on Monday. Uh, proves to be John Caulfield's last game in charge as he was re- he uh, parted ways uh, with the company or with the club I should say with the company with the club on Wednesday morning um, Cork City's most successful manager ever five and a half years in charge of the club uh, won two FA Cups uh, in the league uh, that League Cup double in 2017 uh, Colm and I did a podcast on it um, shortly after the news broke that's available on uh, redextra.ie and uh, wherever you get your podcast from as well but uh, Cork City um, getting the new manager bounce last night John Cotter picking up all three points away to Bohemians as uh, Cork City won by a goal to nil thanks to a Conor McCarthy header in the first half and I was delighted to have uh, Cork City's interim manager John Cotter pop into me in studio earlier on today Alright we are joined in studio by Cork City uh, interim boss John Cotter first off John congratulations on the result last night it must have been a massive relief to get all three points uh, Thanks Rory um, it was look it was a stressful week for everyone involved for the club supporters mm. players and staff so look it was a in a difficult week it was a great end to it um, and it was something that the whole club and everyone else deserved and um hopefully we can build on that now I can imagine that this time last week you would never thought that you would be the Cork City boss going up to Bohemians and getting the win no absolutely not look last week it was business as usual that that would have went on for the previous five and a half years but look it's football it's a it's a business it's a way of thing and these circumstances aren't the circumstances I would have wanted to be in this position Mm -hmm. but um, look at times then you just have to go in and deal with it and get on with it and we had no time to reflect on what went on and we had to just get going for Friday and luckily last night we were able to pull out a performance and get mm. good, a brilliant three points. So obviously the news broke on Wednesday morning. I mean, like, were you appointed or, or approached shortly after that, was it? Or? Um, look, it was an ongoing thing from Wednesday on, to be honest. And um, as I say, look, we were off. We were planned to be off Wednesday. I know the players mm-hmm. were off Wednesday, so we weren't due to meet the players again until Thursday. So um, it was from Thursday we had our our first session on the pitch really and as I say we didn't have much time to plan and um, I didn't have much time to plan as you, as you can imagine And um, but look as I say you just have to pick yourself up and deal with it and get on with it and I was more than happy to do that uh, For John Caulfield to depart the club I mean like he's a club legend that status is, is guaranteed um, but it's still sad to see John leave the club at the same time Oh look I wouldn't be in this position if it was, wasn't for John to be honest I wouldn't be in John brought me in when he when he took the job five and a half years ago and I have John to thank for everything to be honest and mm. um, as you say he's a club legend I know that term is thrown around a lot but he's a true legend in not just Cork sport but League of Ireland football in general and um, look, I hope people don't forget what he's done and mm. to be fair I know myself I'll never forget what he's done for me or for the players they won't forget it either and look John is still a great friend of mine and someone I, I will keep in contact with and Look, as I say, look, that term is thrown around a lot, but he is a true Cork sporting mm. legend, to be fair. To and he'll be a turn across supporting you anyway, like, won't he? He will, and you know what, if we're not doing it, he'll probably try and come into the dressing room <laughs> and let us know as well. So, look, look, John is a great lad, great personality around the place, and, look, as I say, look, I've no doubt everyone is thankful for what he has done, and 
I hope he, he knows how much we appreciate what he's done for everyone in the club. Yeah, given, I suppose, um, the tough season you've had, I mean, like, uh, it has been kind of intense off the field, I'd imagine. Uh, but you can almost see the relief on the players' faces last night. You can see the photographs of yourself and Ben and Healers that uh, was put up on the social media. Last night was up meant a lot. It did, absolutely. Look, we're, we're all Cork lads. The three of us, you've Liam Carney as well, part of the staff, who's another... Cork City legend, if you want, and mm-hmm. he, he'd tell you that himself as well. So oh, yeah, um, repeatedly, and look, we've other staff as well that have been there. You've Lisa Fallon, who's been there, Kevin Tatton. We've all been a part of it, and look, going forward for the foreseeable future, and they'll all be still a major part of of what we're trying to do. And we need all these people to row in behind and drive it on. And um, I say last night, like, look, as I say, we're all Cork people. We're passionate about the club, passionate about League of Ireland. We want to do well, we want to improve, we want to succeed, obviously. And last night was for, for the club and the supporters who came out in savage numbers, to be fair. And the relief, absolutely, at the end. And mm-hmm. um, look, those emotions that were shown on the pitch were true reflections of the characters that we are, to be honest. And a big crowd last night as well, certainly held a very vocal Cork City crowd as well. Always oh, a brilliant crowd, absolutely. And look, I, I fully appreciate what the what the crowd have done since I've been in, in the club. And... Um, the role they've played has been massive and hopefully they can continue to play that role because I know I respond to it, the players respond to it and look, never, the crowd should never underestimate the role they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, Ben and Healers, having them come in uh, as, as coaches, two Irish internationals, two people who live and breathe the club, it must be, uh, must give everyone, I suppose, a tremendous boost. Absolutely, and they're, look, they're two people I know well too. I, look, obviously I'd be from the same area as Colin and Bannon Colleague and I know Colin a long time and I'd know Ben a long time from when he was coming through from the under-18s and look as I said they've Cork City in their blood they um, they care about the club which is a major thing and they've got a lot of experience and look you need people like that around you you need that kind of staff that you can trust and that the players will respond to and look I've no doubt that, that they'll respond to these lads as, as well as the other staff like Liam and stuff that I mentioned earlier and Look, as I, that's what you need. That's what you need. We need a we need a staff that care for this club and have the the club's heart. Mm. Do you know the club in their heart and that passion and pride and commitment that that will hopefully bring us up the table. Um, I suppose squad wise as well. I mean, like players don't become bad overnight. It's confidence and stuff like that. So I'd imagine a lot of your job is going to be getting the confidence back into players, saying, "Look, you are good enough. Go and show us what you can do." Absolutely. Look, I know these players inside out, and they'd know me inside out to be fair as well. And I always have a great relationship with them. And hopefully that will continue. But um, it is confidence plays a major part. That was last night. Last night was about a performance mm. that was worthy of the Cork City jersey, to be honest, and um, that the supporters deserved. And um, I thought the players gave that. And hopefully they can go in and enjoy the weekend. And not too much, to be fair, but <laughs> enjoy a rest and spend time with their families because they need that because it's been a hectic schedule. Mm. And then the last week was very stressful for everyone. So they need that break time to switch off and come back in Monday and that's when we'll really start to, to work going forward and tactically will, like, will you be changing things up or will you be just kind of like fine tuning things or um, well look last as I say look last night was obviously about a performance and getting the three points and luckily we've done that and restoring confidence but one win doesn't mean that's mm. all restored as such so look we have to keep building on that and um, I'd have my own ideas absolutely and I'd have always had my own ideas and um I have my own idea of which way the game should be played and which way we should play and that has to be true to Cork City too to be fair because I think Cork City has always been passionate high intensity and we will obviously try and get that back and implement that and look this might take a few weeks but look we would try to 
definitely try and put our own stamp on it to be honest Are you seeing this as an audition to get the job full time? Um, look I'm only after last night I only joined last night but look I've no doubt my own ability of what I'd be capable of my own knowledge and um, I feel that I'm in a position now where I can show that and um, I fully trust what I can do and I know the players and my staff would as well so look I've no doubts of my ability and the staff that I've with me that we can improve and get up the table and crowd wise the crowds had dwindled obviously because the results hadn't been great this season but going into Friday night now on the back of the, the win over Bohemians against UCD hopefully a big crowd will come out and absolutely and that's that's what I was referring to earlier the crowd should never underestimate the role they play because they've been absolutely unbelievable since since I've come into the club and before when I was at games and the crowd has been Cork is always a great supporting mm. city to be fair and hopefully Friday now we can get a big crowd out and drive the boys on and hopefully build on the three mm. points we got last night and get a win in front of our own supporters which they which they deserve too and put in a performance What was the reaction like of the squad when it was announced that you were the new gaffer because the role of the assistant is obviously quite different from, from being the big boss because you're a lot closer to the squad yeah. as assistant so how has that kind of changed now over the last couple of days um, They were wondering what to call me so <laughs> Sir <laughs> well, No, they might call me something different in a week or two but um, look, yeah look, my role will obviously change but I, I still have a good relationship with the players I think it's important mm-hmm. that you're honest and open with the players and that they know they can come to you about anything which they could always have done over the last few years anyway and that that will never change um, I highly respect all the players and staff included and I'm there to help any of the players in anything they want off the field on the field whatever mm. like I'm I'm there my office is, is always open my phone they can ring me anytime um, and I think that's important that you have a relationship with the players not just a, a working relationship I I've made. I feel that you have to have a, an affection towards the players. I I care about the players and what they do, how mm-hmm. they look after themselves. And look, I think um, it won't change too much. Obviously, I might have to disappoint players from now and then. But as I say, once I'm honest and open with them, I think players will respect that. Have the board given you an indication as to how long they expect you to be in the job as an interim boss? Or is it kind of an ongoing week to week thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, look, it's an ongoing week to week thing. I would think. To be fair, look, it's. As I say, the main thing at the moment um, is it's not about me. To be honest, it's about about the club in general. It's about getting up the table, improving performances, getting results, and uh, the performances will come once we get the results with confidence. And that's just, look, it's all about always about the club, and that's the first thing is about getting the club back to a position where it should mm-hmm. be. And um, that's my main aim. And as I said earlier, I've no doubt in my ability that I can provide all that and. Um, that's what I'll be looking to do and as I said Monday now is when when we'll really start to uh, put the plans in place and targeting a European place must be I suppose the priority is it? Well, the priority is to win against UCD <laughs> next week, to be fair. Um, Spoken like a true manager already, you're getting to this like a duck to water. Right? Unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, to be fair, look, that that is, to be fair, look, targeting European, we just have to concentrate on next week. We're under no illusions last night, it was an unbelievable win, but we have to build on that and we have to drive that on from next week and everyone plays a part in that, not just me, it's the staff, it's the players, supporters, the club mm. and we have to drive that on and... Um, hopefully in a few weeks time we might be looking still at improving more and mm. pushing up that table which I've no doubt we will You're now in the biggest job in the country so any extra pressure are you feeling the pressure? Is it too no, early? Not this morning anyway <laughs> so, um, Not after a win against Bowles I suppose No and look last night was was a proud moment for me to be honest mm. um, 
I've worked hard over the last number of years in the club and I know people in the club have respected that and I wouldn't be in this position if they hadn't and um, it just shows the hard work pays, pays off and um, obviously you have to have the knowledge of the club and the league and I have all that and um, look it's just hopefully you now push forward and push on and get a positive feeling back around the club again yeah, certainly so. Um, just uh, before we uh, finish up your old side, uh, Avondale United in the Intermediate Cup uh, next weekend, you'll be obviously wishing them the, the best of luck next Saturday. Absolutely. Look, I'd, that's where I started my coaching, to be fair, down in Avondale and, I've, and John himself. Mm. Um, that's where we. That's a club we'd have close relationship with. And um, look, yeah, absolutely. Look, they have an unbelievable record in that competition and it's a great competition to be in. And up in the Aviva for Avondale for the first time as well. And look, hopefully I'd have a lot of friends still involved with the club in the committee a couple of players on the playing staff that would have played when mm. I was there that I would have played with and managed and um, look absolutely it'd been unbelievable if we could get three points next Friday and then Saturday I'd be able to go on to win that Fingers crossed Johnny we should do the very best luck in the job buddy Thanks Rory Yes, John Cotter there, uh, Cork City's interim boss, taking over uh, from John Caulfield, who was let go earlier in the week. Uh, very best of luck uh, to John Cotter in the role. Um, you can hear the, the passion that he has for the club, and uh, he seems eager to get going, get his uh, feet under the table, and really start driving Cork City forward, getting them back uh, under the table. It's uh, been an interesting week. Uh, a few days it's a half a week since uh, John Caulfield uh, was officially um, it was announced that he was uh, gone from the club on Wednesday morning uh, just before 9am by Cork City FC um, I was a bit surprised personally by the um, the decision um, I thought that maybe John um, had earned the right um, to, to try and get Cork City out of the uh, out of the, the situation that they're in uh, after five and a half years the other side of the coin is Cork City's results uh, this season uh, even going into the end of last season uh, weren't good enough um, and you can see why the decision has been taken uh, no wins in eight uh, games before last night uh, and Cork City at the wrong end of the table so you can see why the decision uh, was taken uh, by the uh, the Cork City board can't have been an easy decision for them to have made um, for more on that we will be talking to our Forest Chairman Declan Carey who will be joining us tomorrow uh, to discuss um, the background, I suppose, to everything that's been going on, uh, the decision uh, to appoint uh, John Cotter as interim boss uh, and the search for the new manager. So that'll be on tomorrow evening show, 6pm, as we hear from uh, Declan uh, Carey to uh, give us the, the view of the board. All right, at half time, it's Cardiff City 1, Crystal Palace 2. Uh, it's that stands at the moment. Mishi uh, Bachuai uh, getting uh, Palace back in front after 39 minutes. And it's uh, still at the deciding frame uh, between uh, John Higgins uh, in the uh, the World uh, Snooker Championship uh, uh, semi final. Uh, the deciding frame between uh, John Higgins and David Gilbert. But uh, John Higgins just wrapping up here. So he is going to advance to tomorrow's final. Uh, 17 16 is how it's going to finish. Higgins just uh, pulling the last couple of balls after a really frantic and nervy final frame. And uh, he'll face the winner of Judd Trump and Gary Wilson. They resume in just uh, over an hour's time with uh, Judd Trump leading by 14 frames to 10. All right, uh, as the news broke um, on Wednesday, everyone's thoughts, I suppose, were who's going to get the job? Who is going to get the job? A number of names have been mentioned. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to hear from uh, Joe Gamble and Neil Horgan very, very shortly. But one man whose name um, has been mentioned uh, repeatedly is uh, Colin O'Brien, who, of course, is uh, with the uh, Ireland under-17s, who drew one all last night. Uh, but he was asked after the game if he'd have any interest in the Cork City job. I know you're focused on this, but it's something you might be interested in the future. Um, I'm... 
head coach Republic under 17s and all my focus is here uh, this week with them yeah so that's uh, Colin O'Brien's reaction to that uh, not a yes not a no um, completely focused on the under-17s. Uh, another man whose uh, name has been mentioned is uh, Neil Fenn of Longford Town. A number of names in the hat as well. Um, but we'll discuss that uh, later on um, after we hear from uh, Joe Gamble and from Neil Horgan. Going to hear from Joe Gamble first. I got his reaction uh, following uh, John Coffey's departure on Wednesday morning. What was your reaction first off when you heard it? Um, I was quite to be honest. Look, I was shocked. Um, I know, look, obviously Coffey's going through a bad run of form, but... Um you know, look, I suppose the, the history that John's had with the club and how successful they've been, um, I didn't think, you know, he'd be sacked uh, halfway through the season. I know results, as, as I said, haven't been great, but uh, it looks the ball move. Um, and, and, and also, it's unfortunate for John as well. Look, I mean, there's no, it's not nice not nice to lose a job. Um, I've seen all the coaching staff there very well, Eddie Hickey and Clarny, John Cotter, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a bad day for all of them. And, and, and uh, you know, I thought that's football. Mm, certainly is. There's no doubting John's legendary status at the club, though, and he'll always be remembered very, very fondly. Oh, absolutely. And rightly so. I mean, look, when he took over, they weren't uh, tight contenders. Um, they were mid-table, you know, weren't very, very, very strong. And since John took over, I mean, they had is it five finishes a second. Oh, sorry, four second and one, and obviously won the league. So mm. he turned the club into uh, a top team and uh, done an unbelievable job. And he should be remembered fondly because he did a great job. Simple as that. It's probably just modern football in a nutshell, isn't it, Joe? I mean, like, you have this manager, the most successful in manager's history, but then a run of poor results costs you your job. Yeah, exactly. It is modern day football, and that's the business that it is. It's rootless. There is no time for sentiment. There is no time for looking back and say, oh, you know, he did a great job. And it is it is a horrible part of the sport, and it's just the way it is. I think, you know, John would be the first to say that as well. It's, it's results-driven. It's not about style of football. It's nice to play good football, obviously, and the fans want to play good football, but at the end of the day it's winning and losing and if you're not winning then you know that's what happens and uh, that's, that's what happened in this instance Finally Joe I suppose um, the big question is now who will take over John Cotter is going to take over on an interim basis I believe his name is going to be in the hat um, hearing talks of Neil Fenn as well maybe Colin Healy a lot of former Cork City players names out there um, who would you like to see take over? Um, well, look, they're all good candidates. I know, I look, I know, I know more well. Um, I think, look, there's going to have you going to have a few issues with some of those uh, players you just mentioned because I don't think they have a pro license. So that's the biggest coming block. The manager, obviously, in the Premier Division, and you have only half a pro license. Even if you're honest, I think you only have 60 days. Or, um, so I don't know if that is that going to be uh, acceptable. Um, you're going to have a lot of candidates domestically and abroad. There's no doubt about it. You probably Cox are going to see probably about 100 CVs looking for a job. It's, Throughout out the biggest uh, club in the country. Again, I might be boy saying that, but um, it is biggest fan base, um, biggest club. You know, the number of the last few years. Uh, I suppose. Look, if you look at the message, you're definitely going to look at Paddy Keith Long and Trevor Crowley. They're such a. They've done a great job of Bohemians um, close to home. So you could look at Alan Reynolds. Um, has Paul since he's at Waterford. You're probably looking at um, Paul Doolan. I'm sure. Look, I know he's been across the leaf uh, when I was there. And, he hasn't been very in the league of Ireland team, but look, as a, as a coach, a manager, he's, you're not going to get better in the league. So you're going to have a lot of people looking for a job, um, and it's going to be a great job for anyone to get it. All right, Joe, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for talking to us this morning. Thanks, Rory. Take care, sir. Yeah, that's uh, former Cork City midfielder Joe Gamble speaking to me after it was announced uh, that uh, John Caulfield and Cork City had parted ways on Wednesday morning. Also got a chance to speak to another legend, Daniel Horgan.
Okay, joined on the line now by former Cork City player Neil Horgan. Uh, Neil, first off, uh, your reaction when you heard the news this morning? Yeah, Rory, I suppose it's a bit of shock. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you know, I suppose everyone is aware of the results were, were, weren't going in, in John's favour or in the club's favour. And they've just decided to, to, to park company, I suppose, really. Um, and overall, I think, look... Um, it's early days it's just been announced this morning but I mean you can't but have admiration for John Caulfield like and I'd say John first and foremost was always a fan of this club you know and uh, I think John John probably decided uh, he he, he could bring the club as far as he could which was amazing things you know Champions League League titles FAI Cups and uh, uh, records that you know in terms of league performance and, and FAI Cups that the club has never had before and so he's leaving the club in a good place. Um, and I, I imagine he, he just felt that, you know, or, or both him and the club felt that it was the right time. And he, he's been there five years, I think, Rory too, which is the longest spell of any Cork City manager. So, he, you know, apart from being the record, um, record appearances for the club and joint record goals, he's now the, the longest running uh, manager with the best... Um, best record as well in terms of titles so he, he's certainly leaving the club in, in a good place from that point of view It just shows you as well how quickly things can turn around I mean like they haven't finished lower than second since John arrived but this season has been quite difficult for the club Yeah I suppose timing is everything in football really you know if if this was John's first year you know he'd get the time I felt or, or his second year um, and so you know in some ways he's a victim of, of his own success in that you know he, he in his first year they finished second, and and then his third uh, his second year they finished second again, and then and they won the league, won the double, which the club has never done, um, Cork City FC at least has, has never done. Um, so you could see, I suppose, expectations then you know were, were high and are always high. Don't get me wrong, but you know when, when you suddenly come into a year and you know this club is third from bottom, and, and I suppose the game against Finn Harp said or nice. Um, I was at it myself. I just felt there was there was something missing um, from from the performance, and I suppose John ultimately might take the decision that look, he's taken these these players, or you know, there's a core lot of those players that were there for 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 the five years. He's taken them maybe as far as he can take them, and and if so, look, he's taken all of us and the players on a fantastic journey. Yeah, he certainly has. I think Cork City fans owe him a huge debt of gratitude. And as you mentioned, like he is going to be a Cork City legend. Um, yeah. Well, to be fair, he was already a Cork City legend before, yeah, exactly. before he took the job. Um, you know, and and like he, I, I think that again, just about timing. When when he came in, uh, obviously Tommy Dunn had done a very good job, and Stuart Ashton came in to kind of, um, you know, when, when we had a bit of difficulty there towards the last year, Tommy's Tommy's reign, he just kind of. Um, settled the ship and we stayed up and then uh, like John came in and you know the club really got back to the heights that it had enjoyed, enjoyed when he was a player and actually you know during the, 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 the mid noughties as well um, and it really the club needed that at that stage because you know it had you know force had taken over um, we come back to the Premier Division and you know questions of whether actually this was a new entity or or it was the same club were, were just gone from the table this was Cork City FC this was Cork um, you know a team to be proud of that we've all been proud of for years and he, he he's done that for the club you know if you forget about the titles and, and everything else that he's done he's really he's, he's welded the club together or back together in a way that's you know 
everyone's been talking about Cork City in a positive light for the last four years and, and you know it's easy to forget that you know maybe back 2008 2009 you know we were in real dire straits and thanks to Forrest mm. and thanks to, to John Caulfield and the other managers we're now in a great place really you know Big question is now, Neil, um, who comes in to replace him? It's obviously a lot more of an attractive job than it was when John took over initially five years ago. Is there any former Cork City players you'd like to see get the get the job? Yeah, well, I've, you know, Neil Fenn um, has, been, has been raised as, as a potential candidate and you could see why, you know. Um, Fenny, as we call him, would be, you know, very football-oriented. His style would certainly um, be something that would be attractive to fans, I think. Um, and he has the pro license, and he's doing well with Longford. Um, Colin O'Brien has been mentioned, but you know, I think Colin's role probably the timing is wrong for Colin at this point with the European Championships on at the moment. Um, and I, I'm sure there's plenty more. Um, so I, I think there might be some people at the club at the moment already have uh, pro licenses as well. So you can't rule out anybody. I'm sure that you know there might be. Who knows what they'll do? There may be a, a period of time where they have an interim manager, and then before deciding. But um, I suppose you know we'll wait and see on that. But but in terms of John Caulfield, it, it it you know whilst it's sad in one sense that you know you know John is no longer manager, you have to say. I mean, he can be massively proud of the work he's done to the, for the club and for the city, you know. And, and you know, the, the, there are murals of, Cor- of John Caulfield on uh, electricity boxes in Cork, and, and that's for a reason. Um, he's really brought a pride back to the club, and, and he should be very proud of himself, you know. Yeah, here, here. All right, Neil Horgan, thanks very much for talking to us this morning. Yeah, it's Neil Horgan there uh, speaking to us uh, just after the news broke on Wednesday that John Caulfield uh, and Cork City had parted ways and um, a lot of names being mentioned are right for the job. It'll be very interesting to see who gets the job and as I mentioned, John Collar gets the chance now to audition for the job on a full-time basis. Not sure how that would work with the uh, pro licence though because John is uh, currently in the middle of doing his but I'm sure there's probably a way around it. Um, But um, Cork City back in action now against UCD on Friday night at Turner's Cross so should get a big crowd out for that one and don't forget we'll have uh, Forest Chairman Declan Carey on the show tomorrow uh, to discuss everything that's happened this week and uh, plans for the future uh, stick with us up next we're talking to Cork Ladies Football boss Ify Fitzgerald it's JNLR Radio Results time and it's only good news for Cork's Red FM yep we're in a league all of our own and to celebrate we're going to make your summer shine We've got tickets to the biggest gigs in Cork this summer. That means you, front row. For Liam Gallagher, Tommy Tiernan, Walking on Cars, The Academic, The Coronas, Rod Stewart, Secret, and more. To win, simply stay listening to Cork's number one, Red FM. Figures JNLR, Ipsos MRBI Q1 2019. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Thank you very much indeed for tuning into the Big Red Bench. And as you heard in that promo there, figures for Corks at FM from the general are absolutely fantastic. Again, we are Corks number one. Thank you to every single one of you. Uh, for tuning in to Corks FM and indeed to the Big Red Bench our listener numbers are still fantastic so thank you very very much indeed alright we're going to talk uh, Gaelic Games now Cork versus Galway in the Lidl uh, Ladies Football National League final Kieran's been chatting with Cork boss Aoife Fitzgerald about, back be- about being back in the National League final after missing out last year yeah it is I suppose we've kind of got used to getting to finals to be honest but yeah. um, 
you know, uh, I suppose it's been a bonus us really. We didn't start the league particularly well. You know, Galway beat us in our first round and we had a bad result in Tipperary. But I think the Tipperary match was a turning point for us. We really kicked on from there, you know, and we we didn't go back training, I suppose, really, until the latter stage of January. So, you know, it was a bit of a slow process for us. And we gave the morning because uh, a bit of time off after their all-earned exertion. So, um, so, all in all, things have been progressing well and we've been training very, very hard over the last number of weeks. So, and I think... That's been reflected in our results. You know, after the very match, we had you know a comprehensive win over over Mayo and Donegal, and then the two victories over Dublin. Obviously, lift, lift confidence for us. But, but I think the main aim of the league this year for us was to unearth new talent and to give the younger girls uh, an opportunity to play and see if they could you know perform at this level. So from that point of view, we're delighted with the, the results. Yeah, you've already uh, met Galway, as you mentioned, in the, the first round up in Mallow. Disappointing finish uh, that day. Galway were strong enough as well. They were, yeah, and I suppose they, they've surprised us in the sense that they've they've changed their their game style in terms of they're being a lot more defensive now. You know, they get a lot of girls behind the ball when they when they drop off. You know, from from particularly from opposition kickouts, they drop off and they might have ten or twelve girls. So we'll have to be patient on Sunday. And um, what they're very good at as well is breaking quickly and they have a lot of pace particularly in the half hour line so they dropped deep and um, with uh, Nicola Ward and um, and or their two wing forwards Divoli and um, you know they, they, they're quite fast at breaking so that's something we'll have to be to, to, to watch but I think the, the, the key thing for us on Sunday is to be patient and you know when you're coming up against mass defences um, you know the last thing you want to be doing is turning over position and and then breaking quickly on you so we've worked on it so hopefully uh, on Sunday we'll give a good account of ourselves yeah, you've made three changes uh, ahead of the game. Some of those enforced? Uh, well, Darren O'Sullivan isn't available. She's, she has a, a back problem, so um, so she's out. Um, and we've had a few niggas. We've, we've had a bit of illness over the, over the last while. So, you know, but the beauty of it for us now is that, you know, likewise last year, our panel was quite tight. We now have 30 girls who are vying for positions and, you know, if somebody falls out. Anya Terry, obviously, is, is suspended at the moment, so she, yeah. she's not available as well. So, um, but that gives opportunities to other girls, and like we're confident that the girls coming in will be, um, you know, will give a good good account of themselves on Sunday. Uh, Darren is completely out; she's not on the bench. Uh, no, Darren won't be available. No, she's no. out. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, some new players coming. Well, not brand new players coming in, but is it good or how important is it for them to get experience at that level in uh, you know a final in Parnell Park? Yeah, well, you can't. I, I don't think you, you can be playing. And you know, when you look at the girls that we've brought in um, this year, you know, Laura Manny, Claire, Claire O'Shea, um, the Kylie girls, um, Sarah Lee, they've all worked very, very hard. And you know, and, and they've just definitely shown that there's a future for them at this level. So that's been very pleasing for us. You know, we made a conscious decision kind of after the other and last year that we bring in the younger ones. Um, from last year's minors earlier and we started to the conditioning program with them earlier and I think that's that's born fruit you know they were, they were back training I suppose three or four months in the gym um, prior to the other girls coming back so they weren't coming in cold because I think it's no longer the case where you can kind of transition from minor to senior um, seamlessly you know the, the game has got quite physical and like if you look at the Dublin as a standard you know they're very big strong um, athletic girls so that's something our girls always have the football, but it's just getting to the level of fitness that you need to be at to, to compete. Um, I think we're getting there, but it's a young squad, and you like you never know, you never know on any given day how things will go, particularly with young players. But 
we're delighted they're playing with a lot of confidence um, like we, we give them a lot of freedom to play themselves and I think some of the football they've been playing is been absolutely magnificent so but the key thing for me is their work rate um, their commitment and their determination you know that, that's been synonymous with Cork teams over the years and I think this group certainly um are showing that they're they're well capable. I suppose they're not as big physically as as the, the Cork teams that were successful over the years, but certainly um, from a football point of view and a determination and all of that, we're we're certainly up there with the best of them. Yeah, um, strong enough bench as well. Emer uh, Scali, Sirshanun, and Rina Nibukula. Um, they've yeah. all played their part in the league as well. They have, and like Rona has was away on our honeymoon for the last. Yeah for the last while and um, see her, she's just back from a long term injury she had yeah. she had a crucial problem so um, but they're all walking the back to fitness and that gives us a problem in terms of picking teams and that but like we're delighted with their progress but the last thing we want to be doing is pushing girls um, um, too quickly and you know and, and they're getting injured again so um, so I thought what we've done is we've placed trust in, in the panel I mean if you look at the, the team that played against Dublin I think four of those girls were playing in their first semi-final you know we had three leaving girls playing so it's it's quite a young team like obviously we have the experience with the likes of Martina and you know Ashton Hutchins and, and Kira Sullivan but but like generally the team is quite young I think Neil Cotter coming back this year has been a bonus to us as well um, you know but the strength and depth we have in our panel now is, is very pleasing and you know we can go to these games confident in the knowledge that you know if, if somebody gets injured or if they're not performing at the you know uh, you know having a bad day that we can yeah. bring on girls who are every bit as good and that's that's very pleasing from our point of view um, Did the, the semi-final take uh, I don't know it was this real enthralling game really entertaining maybe not so entertaining for you on the, on the sideline I can imagine it was uh, pretty mental Um but like the girls would have needed a lot of fitness that day, especially on extra time and the heat that was there. They're all okay from that, I imagine. Yeah, they are. And you know, Olafin had been out. You know, we 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 took her off, put her back mm. on. She had been out. She'd been over concussion for a few weeks. Um, but I like to go back to the was it never? I didn't think it was. Even if we had lost the game, I would have been pleased with their performance in yeah. terms of their their attitude, their application. I mean, the game could have gone either way, but you know, it was. You know, very proud of the way they performed, regardless of of of, um, of of the results. But I think you know we showed a lot of composure, particularly in extra time. Like we were two points down, playing against the wind in the second half of extra time after playing. Um, like it took an awful lot of, of character. Um, yeah. as much as anything else to to you know to get all the line, but like they played on and I was with points as well, which was pleasing. And I thought we managed the last five or six minutes of the game very well. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we kept the ball for long periods, and you know, I think there was as much extra time as there was as there was um, injury time. Yeah, injury, yeah. So um, I think there was over ninety minutes. I think ninety-three minutes. There was ninety-three minutes. I think yeah, which is a long time for for for, for amateurs, and particularly the, the weather as it was, and the intensity of the game as well. Mm. You know, but I think it's a testament to both teams' fitness that you know the, the, it was a great spectacle. But I think what that does for us is it, it gives girls confidence going forward and it's, you know, like people say it's only the league but there's, there's, there's only two national competitions you can win and mm. we're in one on Sunday and we, we'll be giving it our best shot but Galway have been, no doubt, have been the farm team in the league. You know, they're very well organised as I yeah. said earlier. Um, they have their own system and they work to it and it's, you know, it's up to us to, 
to break it down and match them. But I think we'll certainly match them for effort. And, you know, they, 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 I think Galway blessed with very good footballers. They're a natural footballer. So I think it'll be quite a good game. It'll be an interesting battle. But, um, you know, where it's, as I said, it's something we're looking forward to. And if you, you know, if you had said after three or four rounds of the lead, I would be in a final. People might have said, well, geez, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. But, mm. you know, the girls have worked hard and we've got there now. So uh, hopefully we'll be, we'll be able to give a performance on Sunday that will, um, that will be good enough to, to, to bring the cup on. Yeah, as you mentioned, that game taking place on Sunday, the, the Little National League Division 1 final at 4 o'clock in Parallel Park in Dublin. Golden making just one change. Leanne Cohen, I think, replacing Sarah Connolly or Connolly in the attack. Uh, Efi, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Bench. And uh, best, best luck, Sunday. Thanks. Yeah, always great to hear from uh, Efi Fitzgerald uh, on the show. Best of luck to the Rebels against Galway tomorrow. We will be there and we'll have a reaction uh, on tomorrow evening's show. I often wondered where the name Efi came from because I've never heard of any other Efis. Um, Clean Foley did a fantastic uh, piece uh, with Efi in the Irish Examiner today. Uh, and she found out um, his name is actually Ephraim. And he says, My grandmother gave it to me. He groans. I don't know, it's a biblical thing or something, a Jewish name apparently. And then Ephraim, uh, a quick Google search reveals, was the founder of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Every day is a school day. All right, uh, we are going to, uh, to continue with uh, Gaelic Games and uh, Cork and Tipperary going head to head next week. We'll hear from the uh, Cork camp tomorrow and uh, next Saturday as well. But we're going to hear the views from the Tipperary camp. First, we're going to hear from uh, Liam Sheedy, who's been speaking with Lauren ahead of the game with Cork next week. Liam, two weeks out from Championship. By the time that comes around, it'll be about 11 months since Tip have played a Championship match. Yeah, it's a long time and um, hopefully it's worth waiting for. But uh, yeah, look, in fairness, it's, uh, it's, it comes around very, very quickly. Um, you know, it feels like only yesterday we were together in November getting ready for, for I suppose, 2019 and then the league comes and then all of a sudden, you know, you get knocked out and you're, you're back in championship preparation. So look, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, hugely enjoyable and uh, yeah, it's all systems going off for championship. I suppose the, the structure means that it's fairly full on for six weeks. So, you know, I think that's what all these players live for, playing big matches. They got a chance to go back to their clubs and, and wind down for a week or two as well. So all that is good. So yeah, no, it's all geared towards championship, yeah. Tipping Cork, it has nearly a fairy tale element to it. It's, it's a nice task to start off the, 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 the championship with, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, it's daunting, uh, to be fair. You know, Cork, I suppose, have, have most of champions uh, for the last two years going for three in a row. And I think more impressively, haven't, haven't, didn't lose a match in the Munster Series last year, you know, which we've seen was just really, really, I suppose, frantic from start to finish. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it is daunting. But look, you know, that is, when that's what the Munster Championship is. That's what it brings. You know, if you want to be competitive in this championship, you've got to play two games at home you've got to go away and get on the road twice and we find ourselves on the road first up against the reigning Munster champions so you know we will know exactly where we stand at, at 6 o'clock on, on, on the 12th of May you know and, and I suppose we all know that's, that's what we signed up for so uh, it's something that we're looking forward to we're under no illusions in terms of the size of the challenge but you know that's, that's what you've got to face up to that's, that's what the Munster championship ultimately is all about It's the first year that you've been involved with, with this format it's the second year for this particular group is there any differences in preparation I suppose going forward into this year no, I think I think obviously the, the the setup for us this year is much better in tip. You know, we ended up playing four weeks in a row last year, which you know is a really really tough place. Uh, so we find ourselves out the first two weeks and then we get a break. So like you know, I think the recovery piece will be a little bit easier to to deal with uh, for Tipperary in in uh, in 2019. But to be honest with you, in this type of format, you don't really look beyond the first match. You know, mm-hmm. all the preparation. You know, it goes into the first match and then you get ready for the second match and then you get a chance to catch your breath. But you know, obviously results dictate exactly where where you're at. But look, you know, honestly. 
learn. Uh, uh, yeah, we've left no stone in terms, in terms of in terms of preparation. We've got a hugely, hugely committed bunch that have trained extremely, extremely hard, and ultimately we feel that you know we, we we've we've done everything we can to get ourselves in the best possible shape. Whether that's good enough or not, only time will tell. But certainly, um, you know, we, we're we, we feel that we've we've put the work in, and now it's all about trying to bring that performance down into Cork and see where that takes us. Between divisional and county championships, your players have had a pretty busy April. Has there been any injury worries? No, thankfully we got through it. You know, and I think uh, you know they got back and they got to play two rounds with their clubs, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a good place to be. You know, um, it's it's nice to get to get the break. But I suppose you know, you know, I think they they try to make April club month, but ultimately you know the twelfth of May is the first round of the championship so that you know obviously we, we, we got four weeks in fairness to the to the boards and the and the temporary clubs that were very very facilitating for us. So um you know we've 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 got the, the four weeks since the club action to try and build up and, and you really do need that. Um but yeah I, I think the mix is good and thankfully as I said, you know Paddy O'Brien and medical team deserve great credit. You know, my my, my, my squad is in good shape outside of Jerome Cal there's nobody with you know an injury that looks like it's going to keep them make them unavailable for for um uh, the first round so that's a that's a good place to be and Jerome should be back full training next week. And finally Liam after a poor twenty eighteen, what's the, the the benchmark for it? successful year for Tipperary this year? Well, I think the reality is we were outside the top three in Munster and I suppose any, all of the five teams going in there want to be in the, and for us like the ambition is to try and squeeze ourselves into that top three because I think that opens up the rest of the summer for you. Uh, it's, 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 it's where every team wants to be but you know, I think uh, you know, all of these matches are going to be you know, one score games. I think the, the, the margin for error is very, very small and I think the, you know, the, the, it's just going to be hugely, hugely competitive. As I said, that's what we signed up for. We know exactly what's coming and I think it'll be it'll be hugely hugely exciting. I think last year has probably whet the appetite with our with our fans and our supporters. So I suppose I'm looking forward to the county coming in behind us and and, and as I said, the Munster Championship being the fairy tale story that it was last year. And as I said, our 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 aim is to try and squeeze into that top three where we weren't last year. It's not going to be easy, but you know we're looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, that's Liam Sheehy there speaking ahead of the battle with Court next week. Uh, also going to hear from uh, Tips uh, Jason Ford. He's also been in conversation uh, with Lauren. Jason, two weeks out from Championship it'll be about 11 months since you've actually played Championship for Tipperary Yeah, it's mad um, I was just saying there that, that to, to be out so early last year um, you know, the lads didn't really know what to do with themselves with, with all the, the free time with the head um, I suppose we're probably back a small bit earlier this year with, with pre-season and things like that so um, once you get back into it it's nearly like you've never left so um, preparation has been going well um, you know, we've new obviously backroom team and new management this year so yeah, it's kind of brought a bit of a freshness to the whole thing and that is just really looking forward to getting going now and getting into the matches Cork in the first round and Parky Creed there's probably no better way to start the Munster Championship yeah exactly it's kind of like your traditional Munster Championship game really isn't it um, you know going on to Parky Creed to play him obviously not going to be, be an easy game and um, you know there'll be nothing in it like there has been over the last couple of years um, you know I don't see any game this year in the Munster Championship um, being any more than three or four points in it so uh, you're really, really going to have to bring your, your A game every day you go out Last year you had four games over four weeks. This year you've probably a nicer run of, of matches given you've maybe two weeks off, I think, in the middle of it. Is that changing your preparation? Um, I don't know if it's going to change the, the preparation, to be honest. Um, I suppose all the teams are trying you know, get that bit of freshness into themselves at this time of the year. I think you've kind of all the, the hard slogging done and stuff like that. But um, the break probably will just kind of help with just recovery. And, and you know, if you do pick up a knock and things like that, that you'll be able to have, give yourself that bit more time to, to get right. But um, in terms of how you're going to play, and the style and things like that I don't think 
the extra two weeks going to make that whole pile of difference in terms of that kind of thing? Pretty busy April for Tipperary clubs. Um, is there any injury worries or any I suppose, lack of freshness going to be as, as, as a result of that? Um, I don't think so, no. I think last year we probably had, um, I think, one or two extra games that came in and then you're after getting to a league final as well and then you're all into your, your four weeks on, on the trot um, in, the, in the Munster Championship. So it was probably harder to keep lads you know, fresh and you had injuries obviously came within that then as well. Um, I think we ended up using something like 25 players last year in, in between the four games, which is which is a big, big turnover really. Um, so this year we only had I think two club games, and I think everyone got more or less came through them kind of unscathed. So um, everyone will be be just mad for road now. Wasn't the most successful 2018, but you're after injecting a couple of those under 21 players, that must have given a boost to the squad, a bit of a freshness as well. Definitely, yeah. Like every year, kind of you're looking to, to add one or two um, new players to it. And luckily this year we, we did get a good couple off that um, winning under 21 team and I suppose they've won at minor level as well so they're kind of bringing that with them and they bring that kind of enthusiasm and energy with them as well so um, that's just added to the whole thing and as I said with new management and stuff it's kind of like it's new to everybody and it's that bit of freshness so um, yeah it's keeping lads on their toes and it's keeping competition there which is what you need Looking forward to the championship then You're, there's a couple of players that didn't feature throughout the league for injury uh, worries or, or whatnot. and even from a rotational point of view like in terms of free taking that has been rotated quite a bit I suppose how does that affect your mindset going into championship now perhaps you know more than me <laughs> um, yeah I don't think it really affects your, your mindset um, you know that'll obviously ultimately be the, the management's decision who they, who they uh, want to entrust to that but I suppose you're just kind of looking at getting your own performance right first and then after that then if they do ask you to, to take the freeze or if they have a certain role they want you to play then you can kind of focus in on that maybe a bit more in, in the days leading up to it and things like that but um, oh, I don't think it'll affect yeah, um, how we prepare for the game or anything like that Home games are going to be huge for Tipperary this year you've Waterford and Limerick at home you're, hopefully you would, you would want a large attendance at those games to drive you over the line Definitely yeah you'd be looking for, for the tip support to come out in, in big numbers and um, try and get behind the team um, I suppose that's something we try to do this year is try to kind of connect with the with the supporters and we've uh, ran a couple of events even earlier on in the year trying to just kind of link back into the clubs and into the communities where the players are from um, and those have been, been uh, very successful so we'll be hoping that the, the county will kind of get behind the team now and, and really really give it a good um, support for, for those games What's the aim for 2019? What will be a su- successful year for Tipperary? A successful year, I suppose, without giving the, the cliche of not looking <laughs> past the, the first game, like everyone says. Um, obviously, you'll be looking to, to get out of Munster. It will be, will be the first game. Um, and after that, then, you, d- you don't know where it's going to take you. Like, um, as you said, 2018 was such a disappointing year to go out so early. Um, we really, really, really will be just focusing on, on the Munster Championship and uh, trying to progress from there. Perfect. Thanks very much. Okay. Cheers. The Big Red Band, Sean Cork's out of Feminist at Tipperary's Jason Ford ahead of that next week's uh, clash uh, with Cork. You know it's summer when you're talking about the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. Really looking forward uh, to that getting underway next week. Uh, in the Premier League, it's uh, Cardiff 1, Crystal Palace 2, 64 minutes on the clock there. And uh, John Higgins indeed wrapping up that final frame. So he is now into uh, the final of the World Snooker championship after that win over David Gilbert uh, he'll face the winner of uh, Judd Trump and Gary Wilson Trump 14 10 ups at Trump and he's just three more frames tonight to book his place in the final alright uh, we heard from Conan O'Brien uh, very very uh, quickly earlier on today after uh, talking about uh, his interest or 
maybe lack thereof uh, of, uh, in the Cork City job but uh, he was in charge for the Ireland 17s last night as they were cruelly denied victory in their opening game uh, as they finished uh, Ireland won Greece when Atala Stadium Matt Everett had given Ireland uh, the lead Atala Greece level it in the fifth minute of added time with a goal that had originally been flagged for offside this is uh, Colin O'Brien speaking to the media afterwards So with the Ireland head coach Colin O'Brien Colin how do you assess that heartbreak in the 95th minute and your understanding of, of offside or not offside? Um, well the, the rule is um, if the player um, deliberately makes an action of playing the ball and if a player is in an offside position uh, then that player in the offside position is live in the play then basically um, so that's the rule um, but I thought we were excellent for long periods tonight I thought um, first 35 minutes I thought we dominated the game created a couple of good goal scoring opportunities uh, defended our goal well when we needed for a period of maybe 10-12 minutes in the first half um, but I thought our play overall warranted a, a victory Yeah, just at the end like it's not the first time we've had to speak to a referee at the final whistle what did he say to you because it looked to us as if the striker was about to play the ball that your defender cleared to the other Greek player who scored it uh, That's what he said to me that uh, our, 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 our defender uh, deliberately played the ball so uh, he made that action and uh, that means that player is back, back and played and that's in the offside position is that a fair offside rule for you or should it be you know there's debates about it all the time but for us I know we're Irish and we're biased but like the flag goes up the striker's intending to play the ball it's offside um, it's the rule uh, these things now with the officials um, I don't think opinions matter now with this I don't think there's even uh, a debate to be had about it it's a rule and um, we just got to deal with that I know you spoke about the minutes you had with the players after the Dutch game last year What's the mood in there now? Because like, I'm sure they're, they're all heartbroken, but they need to go again now for Monday. No, they're, they're OK. They're OK. They're steely lads. Um, they, know, they, they, they know they put in a good performance. And we asked them that pre-game. We just spoke about doing their best, uh, performing and um, you know competing. And I, I think they actually did a bit extra there tonight. Um, and nobody's jumped out of, the, out of the group, out of the blocks, should I say, from the, the game earlier. So um, it, it's all to play for. We're a great crowd here tonight. The players really uh, you know, appreciated that and um, hopefully we'll get that type of crowd in Waterford on uh, on Monday because we'll need it. Yeah, I was uh, very impressed uh, listening to Colin O'Brien speak uh, after matches. I was very composed and calm and uh, you forgive him for being very angry after last night's game but uh, that wasn't the case. Um, is he on the list of potential Cork City managers to replace John Caulfield? We will ask Forest Chairman Declan Kerry that very question when he is on tomorrow evening's show from 6pm. But we are out of time for tonight. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. We are back tomorrow from 6. Uh, Stevie's up next with the block party. Our podcast will be online very, very shortly indeed. Redfm.ie if you missed any of the show, including the interview with uh, Cork City interim boss John Cotter and uh, Evie Fitzgerald, uh, head of uh, Cork and Galway tomorrow. Reaction from that final as well coming up on tomorrow evening show. At Big Red Bench on Twitter is where to follow us online. Stevie's up next with the block party. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Saturday, folks, and I'll speak to you tomorrow at 6. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.